Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Daryl Urbanski, your host as always. And today we are joined by Namita Ramani, CEO and founder of Above Digital, digital marketing that generates leads. It's a full service digital marketing agency established in 2004. And with over 18 years of experience, Above Digital specializes in lead generation and online sales conversion, helping companies reach their target audiences and turn prospects into happy paying customers. Her team includes certified SEO and pay-per-click experts, digital marketers, content developers, graphic designers, and web developers. And what sets Above Digital apart from other agencies in the Middle East is their 100% money-back guarantee on every project they do. They guarantee lead generation or will refund your money, a testament to their confidence and their ability to help businesses succeed. I've asked Namita to join us here today so we can talk about her journey, the latest trends in digital marketing, and the future of growing businesses online. So Namita, Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? I'm good, thanks. And thank you for having me. I'm yeah, so glad you're doing it. I know. I know. We recently reconnected. You know, we've been in, we've known each other for a long time. Uh, we know each other pretty well. And we recently connected. And Namita's just, you know, making waves like she always has been. So I wanted to bring her on so she could drop some knowledge bombs for all of us. But before we get into that, Namita, I don't even really know. How did you even get started? You know, I'm like, do you, do you come from a family of entrepreneurs or? Yeah, so I come from a business family uh, back in the days uh, in 19, at, uh, like in the year 1999, when I had just turned 19, uh, I wanted to, I went and looked out for a job for myself. At that time, I was barely one of the few, I'm from India, so I'm born and brought up in India, but now I live in Dubai. So back then in India, I was one of the few people who had laptops. I don't know if you remember, at that time we had, in 95, 99, we had MIRC, ICQ. Those were the chat softwares they were using. It was Ask Jeeves and Google, like the yep. basic first version of Google. And um, so I was very, very much into all those things. And I told my father, I found myself a job in a web cafe, He's like, okay, so what's the salary? I'm like, it's 10,000 rupees back then. This is the end that year. It's a rupees is like, you know, now the conversion is different, but even then it was very less. He's like, this is 20,000 rupees, sit at home. We don't do jobs. I'm like, okay. So I didn't have an option to do jobs. So the only option was to do business. I, I could I could go to his office, like come to office tomorrow and do the work. So I went to the office the next day. I'm the owner's daughter, like, you know, so nobody was giving me any work, of course. And I was just sitting, sitting, waiting, ordering food, eating food. There was nothing happening. So I decided, let me just go my way. <laughs> then I said, okay, I want to launch something. And uh, that's when, that's how I got into doing business. But I was not into digital marketing. The story is a little bit longer. I don't know if I should go ahead and share. Sure. So my father thought I'm a girl. So maybe it's a good idea to uh, maybe launch a fashion business or something. Because in my, my father comes from a textile family background, but he created... Mm his niche in uh, in televisions so he was he was one of the first people in india to launch televisions and spread the use of televisions in rural markets so he sold millions of televisions uh, black and white and all of that so we had factories and stuff and everything so he kind of broke the chain but then he thought it's in the blood we come from the textile blood so maybe you should get into fashion and clothing and all and i was never interested in fashion i never did any course in fashion i was interested in google and ask jeeves back then yeah right and coding for mirc and creating all those little icons and stuff like that so uh, but i said you know what let's give it a try so there was this um, there was a I used to, you know, of course, we women shop. So there was this lady who used to fashion designer, which would come from Delhi and exhibit in my hometown in Ahmedabad. I'm from Ahmedabad, Gujarat. It's the northwest of India. So and every time she would come, everything will sell out, whatever she would sell. So I was going yearly to her every year. She would put an exhibition in a hotel. So I decided whenever she puts that exhibition, I will put an exhibition in the same hotel in a different room. So the crowd would anyway come. I don't have to do much in marketing. And my father had this whole cousins and the whole family who was into different kind of textiles. So I went to them, got goods in consignment because it's family. Mm -hmm. And I put everything up. And the lucky thing that happened with me was that my exhibition hall was before hers. So when her audience was coming in, they had to detour. They actually saw another exhibition going on. They're like, okay, let's check this out. My clothes were like 10, like 50% cheaper than hers. 
but still very good and very high quality. And uh, so I ended up doing a great business for not spending anything because there was nothing except the exhibition hall fees. Right. So we made a hundred thousand rupees at that time in one day. Which might have been mind blowing uh, for you. It was for the age, like I was for a 19 year old to achieve the success. Like, you know, you know, wow, I made it. So I said, you know what, this is the business I should get into. So I opened up the store. Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Um, and then, yeah. So I set up a store. I would go to Bombay and Delhi, buy from all these fashion designers and stock. People love me. Stores. I can't fail. Yep. Went and invested in it and the whole thing without knowing left and right. Like the first one was by fluke success, but this one now I had to work harder. Right. And I have no sales knowledge. Uh, I'm very fresh and I have this investment done already with clothes and stuff. And I have a boutique now. It was called High Fashion Impex back then. My father thought we'll import export. So the name was with Impex. <laughs> we were thinking far. So, um, and uh, every day I would sit and wait for customers to come. Now there's no exhibition hall. Now this is a proper store. So I have to drive people to it. And I had no idea how to do it. I don't know why my brain thought that just like me, everybody in my hometown would has laptops and they were spending time on Google. So I would sit and spend time in making the website for the for the business and ranking it on Ask Jeeves and Google and Yahoo. And while I'm busy doing all of that gag, jazz, um, there's this bunch of people coming inside the store. And uh, I don't know what they do. And then they leave. They don't buy anything. And the evening, every day we had this count. We would count the clothes as to whatever we started the day, yeah. are we ending the day with the same number of clothes? And then I seeing, I started noticing like every day, five, six, not every day, like once a week or once in a fortnight, five, six days go miss, five, six pieces go missing, which means this bunch of people are coming and they're stealing. Yeah. While I'm busy making the website or I'm, I'm with some customer or something at that time. And this are happening often. And I realized that I was not interested in selling clothes. I was always interested in making their website and this and that. So just taking mm. like, you know, more the tech part of the business. So I decided to wind up that business and uh, just, it was not my niche. It was not my uh, right. calling a fashion design, a fashion store. Mm. And uh, that's how I got into uh, digital and web, web development. So of course, entrepreneurship was the only way. And I tried, I failed, I tried, I failed, and finally I succeeded with my company about digital. That's amazing. That's how it goes, right? That's amazing. So that's how you got into starting websites. So we started off, were you making websites for other people or how did you even get into the agency? I mean, you so say, you you know, you tried and failed, tried and failed. How did that path go? So there's more story to this, actually. So in 2000, nobody wanted so much of websites. The branding was big time. The, right. the print was big at that time. Everybody wanted to be in magazines uh, and advertising and billboards and newspapers were the hit thing at that time. And they were ridiculously expensive to place an ad in magazines. But that was the only business that was available. So although my interest was in making websites, uh, I had to start with branding services. So we started with branding, brochure design, packaging design, print advertising designs and stuff. So I started as a graphic design firm. But um, also, even then, my website business was uh, was was kind of my focus. So another trick what I did at that time was, but the domain industry was picking up. Everybody was buying their dot coms. Mm-hmm. In that time, if you remember, Hotmail was a very popular yep. Email address, Hotmail and Yahoo.com and Reddit.com. And those were the popular email. But then the trend of having your own domain and your own email was picking up. Mm. So what I did was I started a hosting business, Mm. a web hosting business. And I would uh, basically sell domain names. I bought uh, from Enom and a couple of other, uh, you know, domain providers. I took a reseller account with them. And I would sell domain names at a at a markup. Plus, I would sell my hosting services. And then to the same hosting clients, I'll sell my website services. So that made the whole thing easy. And guess where I would get the clients from? From Google? By advertising in print. Ah. So, I would <laughs> so I would have a space in a local newspaper and like a front page, big section um, classifies with hosting services and my company name at that time and the different packages and... That was my way of generating business for my website company, for the website world. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's funny. But you're, I mean, it still works today, online, offline. It's not just a single channel. It's an omni-channel, omni-channel approach. So then what happened after that? 
So that's how we got into, uh, so from branding kind of tra- transition to websites. And then I got into email marketing. I used to mm-hmm. develop softwares. So we made a lot of web softwares. Uh, I made my own um, a copy of constant contact at that time. I called it quick email marketing and I would sell email marketing services. Then came Google ads started picking up, SEO started picking up. Then in 2007, Facebook ads came. Um, and then we started kind of, I was testing Facebook ads. I launched a couple of my own uh, portals. Uh, there was a portal I launched. So I kept, kept, kept doing these interesting things to generate new yeah. business. So um one of my biggest struggles was one pricing, how to price my clients. And the second one was how to get new clients because to convince people one to have a website and second to, to do marketing for the website or do email newsletter, nothing of this, like these things were not very popular in this region. So mm-hmm. we are seven years behind the U S so whatever, maybe you guys were much ahead of us. Maybe that part of the world was much ahead of us, uh, US. And, but Mina is always like little, little behind uh, in taking over the tech. But now it's kind of speeding up quite a bit right. after COVID. Right. But um, in those days, it was kind of slow. People were still kind of getting used to having email marketing and all these things. So uh, I decided to have a mentor. I always believe in mentors, mentoring and coaching. And uh, I will come to how we met as well. Uh, so I had, I was reading this book called Pricing Guide for Graphic Designers because I felt like I'm not charging my clients well. And then she had mentoring services in that book. So I went and subscribed for it and I hired her for, mm. for coaching me on how to kind of, you know, do better in business attract new business and find out my niche. So she's the one who told me one to go for a niche market and two to go one to many. So he's, she's like, Namita, you have only 10 hours in a day out of which maybe you work for six hours properly. And if you go out to meet, so she kind of broke down my day and my reach. And she said, if you meet one-on-one, you can only meet these many people in a month. But if you start speaking on stage, if you do public speaking, speak at conferences and events, you'll be able to speak one to many and your reach will be bigger and you will also get more clients faster. So this is one thing I started uh, reaching out to uh, exhibitions and whatever conferences were happening nearby and uh, ask for, you know, speaking opportunities on those places. And second thing she taught me was uh, back in the days, or even now, actually, this has always been the trend to have your niche market. So there was a big trend of having niche in those times as well. I'm talking in the year 2003, 2005 in that, you know, uh, in those range of niches. Yes. So (laughs) uh, she told me to go for a niche market. So you call it niche. I call it niche. It's the same thing. Um, And I'm like, okay, so which niches I should go for so she's like what you like I'm like okay I like to paint I like to see art basically I like to go to coffee shops and I like to go for spa I'm a I'm a normally girls so I like doing all these things right 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 so she's like let's start there so she's like why don't you approach art galleries and see if they want websites or marketing services so I decided to go and check out these art galleries and they have these paintings worth fifty, sixty thousand dollars. But I'm like, what do you do to market? Do you want marketing services? I can get you more footfall. I can get you customers. They said, no, we have these tie-ups and we have these influencers that we work with, people who are connected, and that's how our uh, paintings get sold. So they basically put me down immediately. They had no marketing budget, so that mm-hmm. I was out from there. I'm like, okay, let's try coffee shops. So I started looking for all the major coffee shops like Caribou Coffee, Starbucks, and various small and big coffee shops um, in town. And I realized that people who manage uh, these coffee shops were big agencies. And they all had bigger agency like with Ogilvy and all these bigger, you know, Impact BBDO. So they had all those kinds of uh, agencies working for them. And they would never work with a boutique agency like me they always wanted to you know they had all those tie-ups because they were worldwide accounts or global accounts rather so I said okay coffee shops is out and plus their their teams were sitting in Lebanon and Kuwait Mm -hmm. and all these different regions because it was mostly led by the Lebanese uh, people who sit on those positions in marketing and media so then I said okay coffee shops are out the last one was spas and that's where it clicked yeah Dubai spas in Dubai if you're going to do spas exactly somewhere yeah. even today 60% of our clients are spas so yeah. 
which is it huge. It still worked for a long yeah. time. I love and that. And I visited one of the spas uh, and asked them, do you guys send newsletters? Do you have monthly offers? So she's like, yeah, we have monthly offers. I'm like, where do you put it? Don't you? I don't see it on your website. She's like, no, you have to call us to find out. I'm like, okay. So I thought, let me do a test. I put together a landing page. I called about 50 spas, all these five-star hotel spas. And... Uh, checked what are the different monthly offers. I put them in a mailer, like a proper nice landing page. And I kept a little thing at the bottom saying that if you would like to receive them weekly in your inbox, subscribe for my mailing list. Yeah. I spent at that time, Facebook ads had just come and I'm like, let me test Facebook ads. And uh, I tried a small 300 dirham campaign um, on Facebook and I had uh, three, 400, I don't know how many, but I had like three, 400 people sign up. That was, I'm like, wow, people need this spa discounts. <laughs> right. So, and that's when I decided to invest in a spa portal. So I created a brand called Spa Genie, Reveal Spa Deals. And the only thing that spa portal did was um, it would have deals of all the different spas. I had more than 1200 spas listed. And uh, because I had my own in-house team, we were doing very good. We were very good in SEO and digital and, you know, we could drive traffic from the user perspective. Because then I have two people to look after. I have spas, which is B2B, to get them on board. Then I have B2C for people to come on my website and look at these offers and then approach these spas for uh, the deals, right? And I have to plus give the proof to the spa that, okay, so many people saw your page and so many people visited you. And I kind of created the whole media kit and the connections and the tracking for how many visits every spa is having. And I also launched a gift card program. So everybody who would buy a gift card of Spa Genie, those cards can be redeemed at any of the 1200 spas. That's good. like that. So that was another vertical for Spa Genie. But then I had these B2B spas who are listed on my website. They're paying a fee to be on my website. Plus I have access to the decision makers to sell them my marketing services. So it was a win-win all throughout. Plus I never paid for spa. That's yeah. Rough, rough life. Namita. Wow. Some people <laughs> yeah. are like it was grueling. I lost my house. They turned the power <laughs> off. You're like, I got pampered and got nice cocktails and the sample, all the best services. Wow. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. I love it. Sounds it sounds very easy, but it was not. It was really no. difficult. It was a lot of hustle. Yes. Uh, but it made it. I, I became the world judge for spa wars. I would go for these luxury spa treatments and judge the spas. And I was like, Sorry. what? Uh, what? Coming to visit. So I became you. a spa teeny. Yeah. But the story doesn't end here, by the way. So there's a lot of spas coming in. And so I became the spa marketing specialist of the region. Every spa would know me, and people would just recommend Left Right Center. Because they knew I'm the spa marketing specialist. Right. And the next thing was I wanted, to, I wanted to hone the name digital marketing specialist. So my mentor guided me to uh, now maybe do something different. Uh, to own this domain, which is the digital marketing specialist. So what we did was we reached out to Dubai Chambers and they have a business women council. And uh, I approached them and I told them I want to do an eight-week digital marketing workshop for as compliments, as a service to be part of the member for your uh, members and whoever subscribed and whatever they want to charge. Maybe this was one of their ways because they provide all these trainings and things to their members and it was a good win-win and digital marketing was just picking up then. This is in the year 2008, 2010, around 11, in that range. Mm. Uh, we are just coming out of recession. Digital was picking up. People are now having a website and you know emails was picking up. We were kind of moving to online uh, trends more uh, mobile uh, everybody had a mobile by then so mobile apps were picking up and mobile sites were also kind of uh, doing well at that time so uh, the chamber loved the idea and they, and I put together the eight-week digital marketing training we had about 70 to 100 uh, women uh, entrepreneurs who signed up for the training I went there all over eight weeks and gave the training and everybody loved what we taught. So I kind of covered the entire spectrum in digital marketing, right? From doing customer uh, avatar, coming up with the idea, the strategy, the offer, finding the customers, the hopes, uh, you know, the um, the different channels and SEO and email marketing and website and hosting, kind of covered everything. So all those women entrepreneurs who were in the group, they kind of knew everything about how to go online. And even today, I ha I'm in touch with quite a few of them and they still thank us for teaching what we taught. And um, 
and they are really doing well in their businesses and they're using all the skills we learned and now no agency can fool them like nobody no freelancer mm-hmm. or agency can fool them in trying to sell them the marketing service they understand the business yeah or understand how digital works so in return for that uh, dubai chambers uh, gave us a pr article in one of the famous local newspapers um, as a digital marketing specialist so it was a very nice you can find it if you google my name namita ramani on uh, college times or M- middle east and you will find that article and that gave us the the title of digital marketing specialist so that's how i transitioned from being spa marketing to a digital marketing so that was a little snapshot i think i took over your entire i'm just i'm talking i think <laughs> no it's good yeah, i mean you're telling stories i've got notes so a couple of things in the beginning when you started you found a market and you served them there was a lady that would hold those exhibits and there was a market there and you set up to serve that market and you know you were just new and starting out you had a huge success but you didn't recognize that it was because you went where the people were so you set up a boutique and then realized i got to i got to find a way to get the people and that helped you develop the skills which kind of led to where you are now right and i i loved hearing about that you tried like i didn't know you had a constant contact copy i didn't know you were into software like that i know you've been talking about playing around with ideas but i didn't know you were like Back yeah. in the IC, what is it? I ICU? I, no, I ICQ. ICQ. That was it. I used to be big on that. I used to. I I was. I blew that up. I was probably a mega mega user when it first came out. But I just love that. And then you talk. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. Nothing. Okay. Okay. But I love that you had that tool. You talked about that a couple of your biggest challenges, which was a question I would have asked if you hadn't, was figuring out how to price and how to get clients how to charge enough for your services and and also how to get them. And you talked about how you found your niche market and what you really said is you listed kind of who your preferred clients would be in your hobbies, what you do. And you just, you did a test, like you came up with a persona, you had an offer, you reached out to a bunch and you, you know, you went with the data. And I just love that because again, this all works through just the fundamentals, right? And so a lot of the stuff was questions I was going to ask that you went through. So you found a niche and then you first offered, tried to do a newsletter and monthly offers and it was something they weren't doing. So you did it yourself. But what you did without even knowing is you made yourself the hub of the local industry because you started Spa Genie and you just were like, they, they didn't necessarily believe and trust you, but you believed and trusted in yourself. So you just proved the concept and then you're like, I don't need to be partnered with one spa i can partner with all the spas and so then you own the list which is a huge thing i mean we've talked about this before you've grown a lot of these businesses and they pay you a monthly fee you know and they're, they're not always necessarily nice to you and so how do you handle that because if you shut them off like they're they're gone so it's just weird it can be a weird relationship sometimes because what a lot of people listening don't necessarily realize is like if somebody buys a franchise Let's say I buy, I don't know, I buy a McDonald's franchise. What I'm buying is actually the operation manual for the store. That's it. They're teaching me how to operate the location. What a franchise is, is typically a marketing headquarters, head office, and like, a, a, a what do they call it? I forget to call it, like the, the key. There's a word for it, but it's the like the, 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 the model store, the model store that they, you know, figured everything out in. So it's basically a marketing headquarter, a model store. And then you as a franchisee pay part of your revenue every month in the franchise to pay for them to market you. And so you as a digital marketing agency, you're doing that function for these and knowing the best of what works for spa that, that really gave you a powerful position. So you, you know, you had your own newsletter with special offers, basically a deal of the day site for your industry. You leverage that to get notoriety in your niche. You taught everything you know, you just collaborated with your local business chamber. You just say, hey, let me teach you what I can. You let you left a ton of meat on the bone for them to charge, right? Or include as a bonus. So you really delivered with results and value first. You gave your eight-week digital marketing program. I'm sure out of that, you probably got a few clients. Plus, you made a name for yourself, got some great PR. I mean, you've already talked, like, there's just a lot of nuggets in here, like newsletters, weekly newsletter, monthly offers. You know, having a niche, you know, how to pick a niche. Then you talked about wanting to be a specialist in your niche. People that listen to my show know that we talk about the income earning ladder at the bottom are generalists and you have specialists who earn more than general, like a dentist earns what a dentist earns. An orthodontist earns a bit more because they can do more complicated procedures. 
the dentist might be able to figure it out, but you don't want to be a guinea pig. So you pay a little more for that knowledge and, and confidence. People who make more than specialists are trainers of specialists. They make more because one, they train specialists, so they, it's another income stream. But also, even if I, you know, I may not get the best of the industry, but knowing that you're a trainer, I'm more likely to get industry standard, at least, right? Yeah. The people who earn more than the trainers are the celebrities because of supply and demand. So you just really walk through a great model of how you built up to it. Talking about selling one to many, you, once you had an offer that converted, it was like, how do I get in front of more people? You know, speaking, public speaking, you just reached out to exhibits and conferences. So there's a lot here. I mean, there's really, really good. You talked about having an avatar, a strategy, knowing which channel they are, testing different hooks. So there's a lot of value in here. I think there's been really good. Do you feel that there's any habits that have really helped you along the way to success? Just habits that you've had the whole way through? Yeah, I think one of the most uh, important thing that has helped me and still helps me is keeping training, investing in my training. I still believe in mentors and coaches and I've still not come to our story, how we met. Oh, I don't know if that's my internet. Oh, there you are. Hold on. Hold on, Amita. I can't hear you. Uh, Facebook ads were separate projects. So I wanted some a holistic uh, approach to digital marketing and give gamut of services for lead generation. You know, so there's so many aspects to digital marketing. You can just run paid ad campaigns or you can do lead generation campaigns or e-commerce revenue growth. So various verticals and to, for example, to run lead generation campaigns. Now I can send traffic to my landing pages or websites by Facebook ads, Google ads, SEO. I can run Twitter ads. I have so many different platforms that I can't do unlimited work for X amount of money. Right. So coming up with this package services. Uh, so that was another learning of how to holistic, holistically pack uh, different products for the market and sell that as a package and have a retainer model uh, and uh, I always believe in reading books and listening to podcasts. And uh, I have my own podcast as well. So uh, that investing in your training is one of the biggest, biggest uh, thing. And also investing in having coaching and mentors with you. And uh, I remember then I um, hired you as my coach and uh, we worked together and you were coaching me in digital marketing and putting these things together. I remember I still have our coaching notes. And one of the biggest changing uh like uh, the uh, something that changed my business completely was i remember i asked you if you had to go for one seminar or conference which one would you go for and you said uh, this is work seminar happening which is titans of digital uh, direct response marketing by brian kurtz and if one i should go for is this one i'm like okay and uh, I signed up for that in 2014. I still remember the year. And I came, uh, visited Stanford. I met you in person. Otherwise, we would only meet online. And that conference actually changed the way I did my marketing completely. It taught me uh, importance of copy and how words are the ones that actually make things happen. Uh, people, the way, uh, basically, you know, the sales copy, the video uh, page, landing page copy, video sales letter, all the ads that we do. So that whole uh, seminar, the conference that we attended changed my mindset and thought process. I came back with all the, I actually had to buy a separate luggage to bring the material. Yeah, that I remember Ryan that. They're yeah. like, and surprise <laughs> bonus one. This is for people that want to know, this was a one-time event. It was an honor of someone who had passed away. And it was a who's who. I mean, everybody was there from Dan Kennedy, Guthrie Ranker from like the biggest infomercial company. They do like a everybody billion. Everybody was there. Joe Polish. Joe Ryan Polish. Ryan, yeah, Ryan Dice. Like it, 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 the everybody. gurus were in the audience and it was a bunch of yeah. old men on stage. And the old men were all like one of my mentors. He's been on the show four or five times. Ken McCarthy. He's the yeah. original internet marketing guru. He put on the first workshop for how to market online with like Netscape, the world's for, he had the creator of Netscape, the, the, the internet browser that had just come out. It was like, this is how you browse the internet. You go www. Like that was the first he's. Yeah. So it was just a bunch of, yeah, it was a great, it was a great, it was like principles from way back 
brought into yeah. the modern day for TV and online. It was, yeah, it was a good event. We heard Joe Sugarman. We heard uh, Gary Bensaminga. We heard, of course, uh, Ken McCarthy. And Dan Kennedy was there. Everybody was there. And that was amazing. The whole experience, the content. I'm still in touch with Brian. I, I religiously read his newsletters. I was part of his mastermind as well, the Titans mastermind. I keep coming and going out because it requires commitment, weekly commitment of, uh, you know, uh, attending and everything so that that conference really changed uh, the way we did we ran our campaigns and until today we are reaping the fruits of that conference <laughs> we play a huge importance to the way we write copies our landing pages the communication customer avatar hooks so all of that is really one of the key aspects and that's made me also uh, come up with a different kind of pricing model and our clients are happy to pay us for our expertise in copy Mm, mm. Do you think AI is going to change that, take it away at some point? You know, to be honest, uh, AI cannot take away a human mind. So we have copywriters and now we also use chat GPT. Sometimes if you're looking for like inspiration for some taglines or, uh, you know, headlines. But still the way my copywriter thinks and puts together the whole scene or the copy it's very different from the way AI does. Until now, AI is not able to take over the human feeling and emotion and that connection because AI doesn't know the pain points of all our pain points and emotion ups and downs yet. <laughs> Until wow. it really learns, maybe I don't know then, but for now, you cannot take over take away the human element from copy. Right. And right. we still have copywriters and they write. And then if we need something last minute and something urgent, we take the help of AI, but we still need to kind of touch it up because it's writing too much copy and too much similar copy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yep. still can't yeah. totally depend on it yet. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Right now, it's just a calculator. You know, as an accountant, it's a calculator, so you don't have to do the math yourself you know, in a spreadsheet or whatever, but it, it doesn't replace me for an accountant. You know, no, some of this stuff, it, it's, yeah, exactly what you said. Copy is such a special skill. It's really about communicating and not just words, but it's it's salesmanship in print. It's salesmanship at emotion. scale. You need to feel the emotion to be able to write about it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the these AI tools, they're just trying to predict what an answer would be given. That's It's a statistical analysis tool based off of this input the most likely reply would be x but that doesn't necessarily mean i mean it's been forever that they've taken the world's greatest copywriters and had them battle it out and even the you know if if it was easy to predict what would work in the real world you know it wouldn't be what it is i mean people are surprised all the time so yeah we we don't have push button sales flying out your laptop yet you still have to get that dialed in and i think that that's a really key thing like everything that you've talked about from the copywriting to your experience in the marketing there's a real personal touch to all this you've mentioned customer avatar a bunch of times even if like when you're talking about like who you're going to work with the spa so it's being in touch with your customer base i think is huge and i noticed that for you as well you're really involved and really in touch even in the lead generation process for your own agency you're, you're very present. You're very involved. You you really try to like shake everyone's hand, so to speak, and get a feel for them versus just an open door where it's, hey, anybody, everybody, come on in, buy all my stuff. Like there really is an, a selection process and it's a two-way street. And I think that that really helps, you know, in your positioning versus just being eager to work with anybody and everybody. So now yeah. what would you recommend to someone that's starting and struggling right now online? Like, okay, Namita, you said all this stuff. This sounds great. I loved your stories. I'm a mom. I'm at home. I'm going to do some drop shipping thing. Like, I, I don't know, just someone who's just trying to get online. What would you recommend? I mean, first step, of course, is to know what you want to do, what you want to sell, product or service. Once you've identified that, uh, um, and then understanding who your market is, who are you going to sell to, figuring out your customer avatars, and based on their pain points, creating the landing page uh, and the landing page copy, the sales, uh, basically the entire um, process of what a customer goes through. Um, and then setting up the ads and everything. There's so much. I mean, it's not, uh, it's not, uh, it's a lot of elements you need to see success with a digital mm -hmm. campaign. Mm -hmm. You need yeah. to start with what you're selling, to who you're selling, 
you need to list your, your you need your website or your landing page wherever you're going to send traffic in future from whether it's paid or organic traffic is the key sales point i always believe that the main selling happens online when we do lead generation and one of the things that differs us from other companies in 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 the market is that we give quality leads and how do we come up with the quality lead is we don't run lead gen campaigns like you know you have campaigns on meta wherein somebody doesn't need to leave the facebook or instagram platform they can just fill up the form right uh, in the platform and submit the lead they've not even seen or interacted with you on your website we we don't run such campaigns 99% we don't ever run lead gen campaigns we run conversion campaigns wherein we send traffic to the landing page we let the user interact with our page with a copy read it through and then choose to work with our our clients and they uh-huh. submit their form with a name email phone number they type it out and when they press the submit they come into the CRM and then the client reaches out to a, to them 90% of the decision is done on the landing page because we mm-hmm. make sure we have all our landing pages have systems they have like proper flow who is it for what is it why should you take it why do you need it and the process and the faqs we try to have everything the website does most of the thing or your landing page does all the selling the only thing that should be left would be would be to talk to the client and just have that little trust on a human connection they just need one human connection to say yes and do this and confirm the sale yeah as an e-commerce the website is doing all the job so right. i think the most important aspect would be your landing pages or your website and then comes the next part which is uh, sending traffic so you have to invest in email marketing your communication consistent communication even if you start with zero list you start running campaigns and you start seeing one purchase two purchase 10 people in your database you start sending regular emails to make sure that they receive your updates which has all the connections and forwards and links to your social profiles mm. so uh, any business is a lot of work so right. it would be a lot but right. this would be the step Right. and then sending traffic and organic traffic and working on that. Yeah, that's that's a great tip and I love you really said that the emphasis in the beginning is like your page, your offer page, whether you're trying to generate a lead, whether you're trying to generate a sale, that the magic is really having that page well done and compelling and and you talked about like having a certain flow, that making sure that you cover certain topics, who it is, who it's for, what it is, how it works. That way people are informed, even if it's a free thing, even if you're just trying to get them to join your newsletter or whatever, you still have to sell it, right? So I, I love that stuff. For people that are new and starting out, I, I personally recommend that if they don't have any experience online, get some recordings of selling it to someone, you know, in person or over chat, just so you've got something to refer to, because that process you go through, it's very similar online, it's just digitized. So if you've got any assets like that, they are probably one of your best assets. If you're starting out and struggling, you know, and you're one or two or three person, if you got a lot of resources, you can do a lot of testing. You can spend a lot of money on ads. If you don't, you need to go out, shake some hands, kiss some babies, press some flesh, as they say, you know, talk to some people and close some deals and then notate if you can't record everything about who they were, why they wanted to buy, what their fears were. Because then when you put your landing page together, you can make sure to include those elements, you know, and you'll do some testing around that. But, um, you know, the internet really just gives you scale, yeah. right? That's the big, that's the key thing. This is the massive scale you get. So this has been such a great value packed call. I want to talk a bit about, we already touched on a bit of the future, but where do you think things are going? Like we already talked about AI now, but you think, because the pandemic's pretty much over. Do you think that people are going to leave the online space? Is like work from home more to stay? Do you notice there's more of a shift? When you, you know, are there more people that are trying to get online? I don't know. I think, where do you think we're going to be in five, 10 years when it comes to online marketing and that? Very good question. I haven't yet thought that far, to be honest. Uh, the agency keeps me really busy. I should maybe spend some time and sit and ponder on these on these topics because I have to think about the future of the agency as well, right? Right, right. But uh, COVID actually shifted so much. Oh my God. So um, our agency, I'll share a small story of what happened with us in COVID and it's kind of linked to this one, I hope I can. 
so to link it to the question that you have. So during COVID, um, most of our clients are brick and mortar clients. And um, we were getting into lockdown in January 2020. I was not signing up any new clients. I had a huge team. I had about... Um, you know, we have a we have an in-house team. We have team remotely working full time from India, and then we have outsourced team uh, copywriters and others. So I had a lot of people, uh, maybe twenty plus people on my payroll, and all our clients, brick and mortar clients, were pausing their checks and telling me to wait. And plus, I was not closing any business, which means I was going to go in a big crisis, cash crunch, because my monthly income is not coming anymore. And I was extremely nervous and uh, I was having sleepless nights. And then finally, we decided to work from home from 22nd of March. And I'm like, oh, my God, how am I going to pay my March salaries? None of the March checks were cashed because one by one, the businesses were being asked to close down. The only businesses that were running were meal delivery companies. And luckily, mm-hmm. we had two meal, meal subscription clients. And they both were the only active accounts and everybody else was boss. All the spas, all the clinics, all the aesthetic centers, everybody was on pause. So, um, and I had all this team this, for two clients is not enough work. Like people who were anyway working on that account were only busy and the rest were all free. So I, I, I got up in the middle of the night and I was just thinking what to do. And I came up with an idea of a digital marketing training online. I thought people are going to be in lockdown. Um, people are, there's going to be a lot of time on hand. What can I do? So I came up with a 14 day digital marketing course. I laid down all the, every day, what I'm going to teach, who's going to teach what from my team came up with the whole structure. And then it was our first um, team meeting from home on 24th of March. And I told my team guys, now only two accounts are active. We need to bring in business because we need to pay salaries and pay, pay our rent. So uh, let's I put together this training and we have to do this. And I gave them a goal. The training is going to launch on 14th of uh, April. So you have 10 days to close the training. I need minimum 300 subscribers for the training. It's a paid training and um, do whatever you guys need to do. So they have to put together the landing page. We set up the ads. Of course, this is what we do in a daily basis. So we kind of are very quick. I had the networks that I was a part of and I reached out to them to help support us. Everybody was helping. Everybody was panic and everybody wanted to do everything to help each other. So the networks helped me and supported me. They co uh, uh, kind of uh, spon- not sponsored. They, they tied up with us and spread our message to their database. And we had 300 plus people sign up. I was selling the training for $99, a 14 day digital marketing workshop, talking to entrepreneurs, businesses who want to learn what's going to happen in the future and how to go digital. Because I knew that will be the next big wave mm. because everybody would want to be digital. You won't believe, Daryl, uh, 300 plus people. We actually sold more than 325 seats. Wow. I had, uh, if you go on Above Digital's uh, Instagram, there is a 20, there is a highlight for that uh, for that training um, that we did. We had every day about 180 plus people wow. joining online on Zoom. And we had a private Facebook group where they would, could see the recordings. It was very well executed training uh, by the whole team. The whole team participated. They all delivered the training. And I onboarded 20 new clients. Wow. Wow. In that one, because I had 14 days with them. We used to have two hour training from two to four in the afternoon. And then uh, six to eight, six to seven was a QA, and a which would go till eight o'clock. So we were so busy. We didn't even realize we were in lockdown because the whole team was working from morning to evening trying to get ready for the next day training and make sure all the um, all the tra- all the attendees have everything they need and yeah. files are being uploaded on uh, on facebook units and everything it kept us really busy and then i started doing sales sales calls i put an offer at the end of the training everybody loved the training we have amazing testimonials which are there on our google uh, reviews again uh, so that was a huge success. But then what happened was everybody wants to go online now after that training. People learned and everybody wants to go digital. So there was a big surge on digital, which kind of brought our costs up. All Now everything has become way more expensive on Google and Facebook right. because every business is online now. I think right. first they think digital, then they think anything else. Secondly, there's a huge surge of freelancers in the market. Every second person by doing my training has become a digital. I'm right. not saying my training. Right. I got a no, no, I, I feel you. I feel you. We've been at this like 10, 20 years and there's people that do a weekend seminar 
And they're like, trust your business, it would be me. Marketer. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there's this whole surge of freelancers in the market who are cutting the price. And so I'm facing these weird challenges now wherein um, uh, when I approach a new client, they compare me with these freelancers. There's no experience. There's, there's big difference between a freelancer and an agency. I have all these people employed. I have best minds employed. You cannot, and one person cannot know it all. Right. Like, okay, right. I, I've been, uh, uh, I'm the CEO of my company, but I'm not a Facebook expert or a Google expert. I have a team. I know what is right, what needs to go, but I have the experts sitting. I can't write copy like my copywriters like, right? I know what is a good copy and which copy is well going to do well or which is not, but I can't write that good copy. So you need the right minds and they feel that this one freelancer, one individual can do everything. I don't know how. Plus, if you're a freelancer, you are trying to help all, you know, you have prices are down, so you have more clients and then you're trying to do the work. So they're crashing the pricing, they're giving bad experience. And then these clients come to us hands burnt and then yeah. kind of face the challenge or face the brunt of all their uh, mishappenings with the freelancers. And then we have to kind of pay the price for that. But yeah. this is another new challenge that I'm facing is price cutting in the market and trying to get the price that we want for the services we offer. And uh, now suddenly after COVID, the travel increased, but now I think tra travel is now stabilizing or maybe it's still up. I really don't know. I was, uh, I keep a little bit updated with the news and a lot of big surge of entrepreneurs is in the markets. A lot of startups, new, everybody's thinking of starting their own. And so there's too much ripple in the market. Mm. There's lots happening with the yeah. AI, so many business starting out and, Digital prices always going up and getting more expensive and more expensive and everything being free. People think they can do it themselves. I've noticed so, that so there seems to be a bit of an anti-charging for your service thing. It's it's really, really weird for me. I've seen a couple of things blow up recently and people, they, they blew up, they became viral and then they collapsed because people didn't want to charge money to maintain it. They were all about the movement. Um, recently there was one, I guess I'll say it. I, I interviewed this guy behind hustle GPT. This guy had a brilliant idea. He decided he would be chat GPT's assistant and try to have it launch a business. So he was like, Hey, chat GPT, I'll be your assistant and do anything. You are a successful business owner and you're trying to launch online and take 300 bucks to make as much money as possible legally and ethically. And it suggested through them back and forth, it, it suggested he open up uh, almost like what you do with Spa Genie, but he was start writing kind of reviews on content and like green and sustainable, you know, open up an e-commerce store that's an affiliate for other products and do reviews on that. That's what he did. And he tweeted about it. And I got some like 24 million views. He got put on CNN, just that one tweet. And he put together a Discord group and it went from like zero to 3000 members in no time. But then he wanted to charge for it. And there was like a revolt among all of the people that were kind of helping put it together and they kicked him out of his own community and he had to start a new one and start charging for it. But now it's sort of falling apart because the big time and the gap. Now when he posts something, it's all about his coaching program and has nothing to do with the original tweet that made him famous. Like everybody's like, what happened? Like that, that was an idea, one day idea. He registered a domain and, and now what happened? And so you talk about people like there really is some turmoil that's happening out there. If there's any advice I'd like to give, I really think for, for people that are listening, you need to just man, manage your daily routine, you know, to not get swept up in distractions and all the politics and really make sure that you're focused on the important things and taking care of your family. And then you need to focus on the problem you are solving. And especially if you have a specific customer type, you know, like Namita, for you, you already said spa genie. So like, I would just dive in on spas and what does this mean for the future of spas? And you just become the AI marketing guru and you're still the one-stop shop because you're still the, you were the agency before with all the experts. You're still going to be the ones now you were putting together constant contact before you got your own AI tool thing that does this, this, that for spas. You're fine. You're still going to help them do, because a lot of them, and again, this isn't to, 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 um, I'm not trying to insult. Like you said, we need, we need a business is made up of multiple specialists. And a lot of your clients, they're specialists at what they do. They're not specialists at the marketing of it, right? And that's, I think, so for people listening, it's really try to just focus in on what problem you solve and solve it as best as you can. Newspapers forgot that. When blogs came out, they disappeared. You know, the music industry forgot that. that When the internet came out, right, their, their kind of, their, their IP protection was lost. 
you know, the model before you could get rich selling your record. Now you sell your record to build an audience to get rich doing a tour, right? Like that's, that's the model. Now you get a, a million downloads or a million views on YouTube. You find out where people are that are watching it. You plan a tour, you sell tickets, you make your money that way. And then private shows and whatever, you know, like that sort of thing. And so it's like, it's that focusing on what the problem is that you solve for your market. I think that's the, the way forward, but yeah, hard to, hard to know what's coming. So I appreciate you taking a swing, a swing at answering that. I mean, this has been such a good value packed and, and just full of storytelling too. I've got a, a couple pages of notes. Is there anything I didn't ask you that I should have asked you? I think you've covered it all. I mean, I've shared the entire journey so far, how I reached here. And it's always, yeah. it's amazing how far we've got and all the things I've done. And when I think, when I share, kind of rethink about it and kind of relive it, I just say, wow, I thought that. And wow, I thought that. So yeah, yeah. Life is amazing. I love. I feel, I, love- uh, I, I genuinely believe in one thing in business is authenticity. If you're mm-hmm. authentic, you're genuine in what you're doing things will fall into place, right? Mm. Right deals, right clients and right mentors and right situations will come your way and make things happen for you. Mm. So as long as your intention is correct in whatever you do. I love you put that in there. As long as your intention is correct. And that's where, again, for a lot of people, if you're really focused on you making money, business is about serving. Even if you sell a product, it's to serve. And so as long as you have the right intent and you're authentic, people will help you. People will help you help other people. So I think that's a great, great message. Namita, people loved your content. If they want to check out one of your workshops or they want to find out more about you and your style, where do they where do they go? So uh, of course our website abovedigital.com. I also have a podcast and a web series on YouTube. If you just uh, YouTube my name, Namita Ramani, or my company name, Above Digital, you'll come across the uh, YouTube web series. We have a podcast called This Week in Digital. Actually, it's called This Week, and we kind of, uh, I'm giving it a twist. It was first This Week in Digital Marketing, but now it's This Week in Entrepreneurship and Leadership in Digital and various in Team Building. It's kind of opened up the the series, but uh, I'm going to shoot the new episode soon. That's an ongoing series, so that's where you can find us. AboveDigital.com will be the first. AboveDigital.com or just search for Namita, N-A-M-I-T-A, Ramani, R-A-M-A-N-I. Yamita, it's been such an honor and a pleasure. I'd love to do a follow-up with you sometime. Thank you so much for coming and serving my people, knowing that you've got your own workshops, your own audience, your own community that you can serve. We really appreciate your time and your knowledge. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure and I enjoyed the conversation. (laughs) 